every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Presented by Locked On, it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. One of our favorite moments of the week is upon us. Kyle, you ready to dig into this stuff? Yeah, Joe, uh, I would just like to point out that you and I are inching ever so close to the 400 podcasts on megaphone threshold. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, no, I didn't. How close are we? Today is 398 on Megaphone, which is our podcast sharing service. Did wow. we have some that is that all? That's got to be all the draft dudes, right? Mm, yeah, I guess so. So we're nearing four, episode 400 of draft dudes. Sheesh. And then so we, had, we had over 100 shows on Locked On NFL Draft like two years ago. I'm not a math guy, but that means Thursday's episode 400. Correct. And then we did over 100 with Locked On NFL Draft. Yes. I think we did like 109 or 112 or something. So like we've, we've, we've done it. We've done 500 podcasts. How are people still listening? That's what I <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because if there weren't listeners, we wouldn't have 500 podcasts, man. Correct. That's crazy. We got a fun summer prepared, man. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of stuff. Hey, listen, this is the luxury of like working from home now, right? We can like. Let's yeah. just take turns. Like I'll fly down for a week, then you fly up for a week, then we'll just go back and forth. Yeah, once we get through the month of May, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've got a. I'm down in Tennessee in in July. If you want to swing through, where in Tennessee? Uh, I don't know. My dad's getting married over the fourth. Is it? Uh, well, I mean Tennessee. Like if it's Knoxville area, that's close. Pigeon Forge. If it's I'm, like I'm flying into Knoxville, I think it's about forty five oh. minutes from Knoxville. Well, howdy there. I might have to zip on over to what is I don't even know the nickname, the music state. I don't <laughs> What is the nickname for Tennessee? Is it the Music City State? The Music City is the <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we stick to football, man? We wouldn't get in these the Volunteer State. How do we Oh my god. Yeah, the Volunteer State. I knew it had a good nickname. Here I am pulling stupid shit out of my ass. All right. Um Oh, there's King Wipes for that. There There are King Wipes for that. <laughs> All right, let's do takes on takes. Do <laughs> takes, brother. My God. Um, all right, <laughs> you're getting the first one. Okay. Uh, Will Gr- this? Uh, these are two combined because they're similar. Uh, Christian Conway no, says no, no. They're two separate takes. You think these are two separate takes? They're two separate takes. Right, fine. I'm taking the second one. That you're getting the first one. Will fine. Greer? This from Christian Conway. Will Greer will be the second best quarterback behind Murray taken in this class when it's all said and done. He has the it factor that you look for in his clutch, unlike anyone else in this class. He reminds me a lot of Mayfield. The arm strength can be overcome. This is aggressive. Uh, I do not subscribe to this take at all. Uh, will Greer? I do agree. Has an it factor. Uh, and that makes him a little bit more of a wild card in the grand scheme of things than what just like his baseline talent level should be. He's a fun player. He kind of thrives off off script and his ability to make things happen when he's on extended plays. You definitely can't just brush that underneath the rug. I think there's some value there. And 
but Baker Mayfield, I think he's more like Johnny Manziel as far as just kind of throw it up, let a guy make a play. Mayfield, <laughs> for all of for all of Baker's extended plays within the pocket and, and getting outside the pocket, Baker had so much subtle precision to his game that I think people it's easy to miss. And I think that's a big separating factor between Mayfield and a guy like Wilbur. So who'd you put for your comp for would you put Manzel in your in your profession? I did. I did, okay. yeah. <laughs> that's fun. He's not that off script, is he? Uh it's when he makes his best plays happen. Will? Yeah. Makes his wildest plays happen. Yeah, all of his best plays, but then like there's also like the interception that's just like, what are you doing? Like there- yeah, those are the. There is still no question. West Virginia takes have dominated these. However many episodes of takes on takes we've done. Hey, do, you, do you see the new unis? I did the grays. Yeah, fan or no? Yeah, I'm a big fan. Baylor's were nice. Michigan State get the go home drunk. Yeah, it's trash. It's trash. Good. It's it's an alternate, right? So we can live with that. But I thought Baylor did a nice job. Very clean. Some popping colors. Love that new bear logo. Nicely done. They just needed the the old school bear on the helmet. Yeah, I hope they have an iteration of it like that because that is that thing's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Riley Osborne Hudson, Will Greer going to go round one? Dot dot dot. Hashtag takes on takes. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think he's going to go round one. Um, he's. I mean, it, he's twenty four, isn't he? Not that yeah, that's like old, the he's an older player. That's not like the biggest reason he's not going tw- first round, but it, it's definitely a big one. Uh, he grades well. PFF loves him. I think PFF has him as a first-round grade. But uh, I don't know. I don't see the NFL doing it. I, I, I think he profiles more as a backup. You don't take backup quarterbacks in the first round. Uh, Mr. Conductor, this guy has had a lot of different uniform takes. But the problem is, like, you've need, you need to have, like, a visual a lot of times to put them, like, on a podcast so they don't really make sense. But this one did. So we're going to get into it. Uh, the New York Jets' new uniforms are passable, but some small tweaks could be could be made to make these Jets best uni- uniforms the best to date? I actually thought the Jets' uni- new uniforms were pretty solid. I, I get the complaints that they kind of look like a little arena. So mm-hmm. I understand I understand where people are coming from with that. But I thought the colors were, were, were nice. Uh, I don't like the black, but I like the green, the shade of green that they went with and the white. It's a really nice one, too. I like what they did with the helmet. Uh, so I'll buy in on this. I'll say uh, if if they did some things differently, I'm not sure what's going on with like the shoulder stripes and that kind of stuff. Some small tweaks. They, they're definitely on the right track with these uniforms. I think. Give me those Boomer Assisen Jets uniforms with like the the J with the elongated top to the J, green all green helmet. Those were the best Jets uniforms. What was that like 1990? Yeah, yeah. So the 90s yeah. era. And then they went to these, which all I can think about is Chad Pennington and Curtis Martin. Yeah. Whenever I see the ones they used to have. And now I'm like, I this is not recognizable to me. Yeah, I'm looking at 1990 Jets. These are probably the best they've ever had. Yeah, with Boom. Yeah, the the ones you would associate with like Boomer Sison. Yeah. Yeah, I like And that, that logo was clean too. Oh, and especially if you modernize it, right? I feel like they could have just done beautiful things with that, but they, they didn't. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, is this a tattle take or a regular take? Uh, oh, it's, it's all one take. Okay. It's okay, just yeah, lay, yeah. It's laid out weird on our sheet. Yeah. Nick Larson, second round guys who will be better pros than the first round guys. 
Winovich over Farrell, Love over Murphy. Hashtag takes on takes. Ooh, this is fun. Thank you for this one, Nick. I love Winovich and Farrell. I think so much of their success is going to be scheme dependent. If a team like the Chiefs drafts Quillen Farrell and asks him to do Breland Speaks things, I'm not going to like that. If a team drafts Chase Winovich and just wants to play him in space, I'm not going to like that. But if they go to their optimum role, I think they're going to have very similar career paths. Like I don't necessarily think you'll definitively be able to say Winovich is a better player than Farrell. I think so much of their projection is going to be based on the schemes and teams that they land on. Julian Love over Byron Murphy. I man, I think I think Murphy's a better player by like a pretty good stretch. I don't hate Julian Love. I think he's a fine day two cornerback prospect. But Murphy's so savvy, like really polished coverage instincts, really good ball instincts. He's physical. Where Julian Love, I think, is a little bit more of a scheme specific guy that you're gonna want to play him up on the line of scrimmage and press. But you know, I don't necessarily love his man coverage ability. So like, I, I again, scheme's gonna matter a lot. But I think Murphy's like a better all around prospect. I think what scares me with that is small corners. Yeah, that, that was the thing with Murphy, right? You just wish he tests better for his size. Right. Um, but I didn't have – did you have concerns with his play speed on tape? Like, No. Yeah, no, I, I, thought he had, I thought he had elite short area quickness. Yeah, yeah, really quick feet and stuff. It's it's interesting. But a, but a lot of these small corners, they, they come into the pros and they get knocked around, right? And it's like yeah. that's what scares me with, with Byron Murphy a little bit. I'm still like way high on him. Yeah. But you do have to acknowledge that there's, as a small corner, there's going to be a greater injury risk with Byron Murphy than some of these other guys. I am blessed. I am, I am blessed. I am blessed. Blessed. Hashtag blessed that I don't have to deal with this take. This one comes from Steered Straight, and uh, this is about Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa. Uh, Bosa's father had injuries. Joey's missed 13 games in three seasons, and Nick's torn his ACL and had that core injury. The risk is not worth a top five pick. I mean, it's an interesting thought process, and I'm not qualified. This is how I'm going to get out of this take, Joe. I'm not qualified to talk about the medicals. <laughs> I haven't seen the medicals. So I can't speculate on whether or not there's a correlation there, if that's causation or correlation. I, I don't know. Um, I would say Joey's been worth the pick that he was made at. Would you? Oh, yeah. No question. So if you're going to get the same player and you're going to miss 13 games in three seasons, I'm perfectly fine with that. So I think that, I think I think the talent is certainly there and justifiable. And Nick's been as advertised when he's been on the field. He's been able to be a difference maker for the Chargers. So uh, I think it's still worth a top five pick. Yeah. Are injuries like that hereditary? I know you're like uh, you know you got that kinesiology degree. Is that something that are you more prone to those types of injuries based on like genetics? Um, I guess depending on like your, your bone structure, right? Like the Could play into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if your tip, if your family's like typically uh pigeon toed or something like that, then that, that, that hip angle can be something that can be a, a predictor of lower body injuries. But again, we, we've got no context on, yeah if that's significant or not a big Mets energy, Joe, you're going to love this take because it's about, or it's from the Mets. This guy's got big Mets energy. The only offensive player who should go in the top 10 of the draft is Jonah Williams. Uh, No, thank you. I I don't think so. I don't think this is a good take Um, because I think that Juwan Taylor offensive tackle from Florida is worth a top 10 pick. DK Metcalf from Ole Miss is worth a top 10 pick. 
Um, I am on board with Hawkinson or Fant in the top 10. So this is narrowing down the pool um, pretty, I mean, with just a single player in Jonah Williams, who I think he's probably definitely in play as early as number nine to the Bills. But I, I don't know that he's the only offensive player that should go in the top 10. I think a team should draft Kyler Murray in the top 10. I'll go ahead and say that too. As crazy as it sounds, you should do it. You should try it. He's a worthy dart to throw. What is ha- Oh, are you? Is this a setup for the next take? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> this guy's name is Endzone Addict. <laughs> he says, instead of putting country roads on the back of their helmet, I think West Virginia should put Old Town Road, get with the times. Hashtag takes on takes. Sign me up. Let's go right now. I'll go out. I'll buy every helmet out of the athletic department and make it happen. I don't care. It's a great take. As a man who is, how many times have you been to West Virginia games? Five, six times probably? Oh, no. I went three times last year. So I've been going there. Seven, eight there. times? Yeah, Probably. And you, the, when when you are at a West Virginia game and they sing "Country Roads," oh, that's a magical moment. You're ready to to, for, to get rid of that. Yeah, I'm ready for the new war and the anthem to be "Old Town Road." I say, give me one in the first half, give me one in the second half. Yeah, "Country Roads." They they did that. I don't know what it was. The Oklahoma game that we went to, they didn't sing "Country Roads," and there's at no all. question. No wonder they lost the game. All right. Um, they did it. I did it. I was at Tennessee, West Virginia week one last year and they did, they did country roads. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. And then they didn't do it at friggin' West Virginia Mountaineer stadium. What is it? Milan Pusker or something. What's it called? Milan Puskar. Yeah. Yeah. I was robbed. Okay. Otto takes on takes bills. will trade at least one offensive lineman to the Texans and our Cardinals during the draft. Really? Uh, well, I mean, I see the surplus of offensive linemen the Bills have, and I, I can see why that makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess the name that really is interesting to me is Deion Dawkins with the Bills because they've signed so many players in free agency that obviously there's a very clear message being sent to Deion Dawkins, who didn't have the sophomore season I was hoping he would have. He had a really good rookie year, and then he declined last year. But I, I think that you know he this guy went from as a rookie having – Eric Wood and Richie Incognito as his center and left guard to this revolving door of Vlad Dukas, Russell Bodine, Ryan Groy, and Wyatt Teller. You're not going to be as good with those guys around you. Two very outstanding veteran offensive linemen to that cast of characters. I'm not ready to give up on Deion Dawkins, but the Bills are sending a very clear message, signing six unrestricted free agent offensive linemen. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a possibility. I think that's not bad, not a bad idea. Uh, this one comes from Trevor Joseph to adduce Kyle's prospectus. If a player has second round film, that doesn't change, but the dynamics of a player's merits off the field can be enough for you to bypass him. Jakai polite won't be drafted until day three hashtag takes on takes hashtag new vocab for Joe. And yes, I did learn the word adduce this week, which Trevor and I discussed over Twitter. And it means what? Uh, you know, I I don't remember. <laughs> does it count as learning it if you don't retain the I information? <laughs> you know what I, I mean? It it's like to summarize. Definition of a deuce. Uh, uh, cite as evidence. To cite as evidence. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, good word. In the, spirit, in the spirit of the take, this is. I think this is correct. I think the absolute ceiling for Jakai is the back half of round three. Personally, my opinion. I wouldn't take the risk on him until day four based on just the the overall showing that he had over the course of the last three months is is very, very alarming. And I actually threw Trevor under the bus yesterday with studs and duds. Uh, I did uh, draft network <laughs> takes, and Trevor had given the Colts, Ja'Kai Polite, I think at 59 overall. And I said it was a dud take because I don't know how you gloss over this many red flags. Now, granted, Trevor, to his credit, said, I don't know when Ja'Kai will get taken, but if the Colts are in, are in the ballpark of when it does happen, they should be the ones that consider to do it. So he didn't commit hard to Ja'Kai going top 60. I don't want to throw him too hard under the bus where he can't defend himself here. No, but, th- always throw Trevor under the bus when he can't defend himself. Well, that's what I said in the, the article. I said, nobody cares about context. It's just <laughs> this is a statement that was made. And let's go ahead and run with it. Uh, I have a really hard time seeing Ja'Kai be coveted in the, the first 75 picks. So maybe back half around three, but I still think that's that's rolling the dice to bet that he goes before then. Andrew, Byron Murphy could and should be drafted to play free safety for a team that plays more man that plays man more often than not, like Pittsburgh. I just play him. I don't I'm not thinking about a position change for Byron Murphy. I think he's a really good outside corner. Um what would be the appeal to playing in free safety? Like his range uh uh but he doesn't have good testing long speed zone zone awareness yeah i don't know i don't know if i love that at all i i'm fine i I, andrew good good idea here i like your creativity i just i'm not quick or even thinking about moving byron murphy to to safety so that's where i'm at with that uh travis a garber says brian burns is alden smith with better burst um do we know what Alden Smith tested with? I mean, I'm pretty sure he was a freak. But uh, I think I think he probably had better athletic testing than what Brian did. Although Brian had phenomenal testing in his own right. Alden um, Smith, I've got it. Six four, two sixty three, thirty five and three eighth arms. Uh, Forty is four seven four vert, thirty four broad jump, one eighteen sh- oh, okay. uh, sh- short shuttle, sure. tw- five four five, twenty reps. So his testing's pretty in line, but he was also like 15 pounds heavier than Brian Burns and had longer arms than Brian Burns by like an inch and a half. Yeah. Um, but stylistically, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think Burns is probably a little more diverse. Don't you? Yes. 100%. If I asked you if Brian Burns was more Alden Smith or Randy Gregory, you're saying Randy Gregory. Yes. Of course I would. That's, that's that's how I would feel too. So I think if you want to look at a modern recent day fit as far as a guy that's had success as a pass rusher, maybe not staying on the field, maybe not staying out of trouble, maybe not an all-around player, but strictly speaking as a pass rusher, if you gave me options of Randy Gregory and Alden Smith, I'm going to lean more towards Randy Gregory. My motion mm-hmm. sensor agrees with me. Yeah. Uh, Alan Flett. If Quinnen Williams is off the board, Raiders will trade back one spot with the Bucks for a third, so Tampa can pick Devin White. Uh, is I mean, are we well? What's the point here? I know this is kind of like what the Forty ers did that one time, right? Mm-hmm. With the move up for uh, who was it? 
Uh, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, they moved. Well, it was the Bears. Yeah, they moved up one spot. You're like, what makes sense here? That they weren't going to draft him. I mean, if I'm the Raiders, yeah, I'm 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 all about finessing Tampa out of a third round pick to move back one spot, get the same player I was going to draft anyways. Um, but wouldn't Tampa just sit there and say, "Nah, dude, we're good. We'll sit here at number five and, and draft Evan White, and you can." take whatever i mean if quinn and williams off the board that means that josh allen or nick bosa is available for the raiders right correct so (laughs) but nah we'll sit here and take them because you're not going to and if you take them then we'll take nick bosa or josh allen right then we'll get a good football player all we're getting a good player no matter what we'll keep our third round pick thanks for the phone call uh spinksy says the four-year deal Worth $41 million signed by the Giants wide receiver Sterling Shepard is way too high. Gettleman strikes again. I think that puts him like 23rd in terms of the highest paid receivers in the league. Somewhere in the low 20s, I thought. Yeah, I think that's fine cash for him. He had a promising year. He's going to get more volume because Odell Beckham's gone. Um, I don't have a problem with this price check. At the end of the day, it's the, the, the value of every single player is going to go up. Yeah. And if you you take into consideration what this deal will look like two years from now, Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly fine with this value. I I like to, I, uh, signing players before they hit the market is such a smart idea. You know, because these guys on the market, their prices just go really, really, really high. And I think it sends the right message to your team, right? They're like, hey, you know, you don't have to worry about free agency. We're going to take care of it if you produce. So, I, I like you know, that deal. You know who has done the best job of anybody in the pros about this? About extending their own? Yeah. I feel like this should pop to me right away. Um, no, I, I don't. If Philly? Who is it? Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. They All do. right, so listen, yeah. listen to this. I, I just did this for Dolphins Wire the other day. Uh, Spielman just extended. Uh, Thielen. Yeah, Adam Thielen to a, a new contract extension uh, made him the sixth highest paid wide receiver in the pros. Uh, last summer, he gave out contract extensions to Stephon Diggs for five years, 72. Daniel Hunter, five years, 72. And Eric Kendricks, five years, 50 million. In 2017, Rick Spielman gave out contract extensions to Linval Joseph, four years, 50 million. Xavier Rhodes, five years, 70.1 million, and Everson Griffin, four years, 58 million. I mean, market value for those guys, if they hit the open market instead of agreeing and extending them the year before they hit the free agency, you think you think Xavier Rhodes is getting 13 million a year hmm. right now? More than that. Way more than I that. Guess, I guess 14 million. Yeah, he's getting more than that. You think uh Daniel Hunter's getting more than He's getting 20 uh, per. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Hunter, Hunter signed a five-year, $72 million contract yeah, still, for $14 still. million a year. They probably, they probably saved themselves $5, 6000000 million yeah, a year. I respect it. Eric Kendricks, really good linebacker for 10 mil a year. Yeah. I mean, Mosley's getting what, like 18 a season or something like that? Yeah. 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 And it's a way to do it, man. And they only signed these guys, Hunter and Kendricks, they signed last year. Now, how do the Vikings have any money now? You think about that with, with the Kirk Cousins deal, Harrison Smith's getting paid. How are they Let's doing see. 
They've got uh, <laughs> not paying the offensive lineman, I guess. Uh, that's one way. They're also uh, staggering that guaranteed money. You know, okay. Cap cap is generally speaking a myth. Yeah, it's you know? fake, right? Yeah, I get that for sure. You can manipulate yeah. that a lot of it. Yeah. Um, my take, your take. I don't remember. Uh, your your take, your take. Ian Miller. We got three more. Let's get through them here, real quick. Nikhil Harry's career trajectory will be similar to Laquan Treadwell's. I think that's my fear a little bit, honestly. And that's why, I mean, I have him like my wide receiver seven, still a second round grade, but I do have some concerns like that. Hopefully not. I think Ninkiel's a better athlete. At least he tested as a better athlete than Treadwell. But I think I do have sort of that fear. I know that you don't. He's your wide receiver too, right? Uh, correct. This is a tattle takes that's a telling on your on you. This is terrific. I'm glad you're getting this. No, it's telling on somebody else. No, this is – yeah, this is telling on somebody else, but it's who's, responding to is, your take. attacking me? Yeah, so let's deal with this right now. Josh Hine said, in response to you, Noah Fant is a nice player, but he isn't the fourth best player in the draft. I think you need to dig deeper on this prospect. Love all your hard work, but this ranking really makes me question all of your rankings. Hashtag takes on takes. Three eyeball emojis, hashtag tattle takes, turned in by Jake D. You know what else this guy said to me? <laughs> oh, boy. No. <laughs> Bet you didn't think you were going to get a bunch of receipts here, did you? No, you I need didn't. to do less grinding of the tape and actually talk to some people. You put zero red flags. Why was your tier one player only on the field for half of Iowa's offensive snaps? Was he a captain, and did they play him in late-game situations? So this guy's very he's an Iowa fan. So he's very clearly hurt by Noah Fant being ranked high for some reason. I'm not sure why. And my response is simply two words for you, Josh. George Kittle. Let's talk about George Kittle's production at Iowa. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Want to talk about how often they fed him the ball and what happened when George Kittle, a guy with those athletic, elite athletic traits, made it to the pros and got in an offense that understands that the forward pass is the way of life these days in football? What's wrong with Noah Fant's stats? I don't know. Nine, he would have 18 touchdowns over the last two years? Yeah. He's a tight well, end with Nathan Stanley as his quarterback where they have another top 10 tight end on their team. Listen. Just question all my rankings. I mean, I do, but it's not because of this. Off of one singular ranking of a player that is, generally speaking, considered a top 20 talent that I have maybe 10 spots higher than the consensus. Let's question everything you've ever heard me say. Take from Attila. Aaron Rodgers will never go to another Super Bowl in his career. Takes on takes. That's that's rich. Um, No, he's going. Yeah, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the planet, man. He's going to get there. I like the this moves year? that you going this year. I mean, I said that last year. What did they miss the playoffs? So, I mean, yeah. I'm <laughs> it's really making me question everything you've ever right. said. Yeah. Let's, let's not look back at, at the pre <laughs> we might want to, that might actually be fun to look back at the, what we guessed at the beginning of the season, but I think I had the Vikings high. So they missed the playoffs because they can't block anybody. I had Patriots Packers. All right. Uh, I think he's going to go to another Super Bowl in his career. I do. Um, this last one comes from, wow. Uh, 
This comes from Blaui Dasmir. I, I think you know. nailed that. I think you, <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> this came. This there was a couple of different like this that came in, and it's about Brian Burns. Um, this is a tattle take turned in. Jordan Rainin said, "Doing some of my own research on both, it seems Burns Brian Burns is a one dimensional player at this point, almost a pass rush specialist. Montez Sweat is more well rounded." I would say one of them is very good at rushing the passer and the other one is very good at playing the run. I don't know how you look at Burns and say he's a one-dimensional player and don't look at Montez Sweat and the way that he won his pass rush reps and his inability to turn the corner and say that he's a more well-rounded player just because he plays the run better. Do you have any opinion there? Well, I I do because I think – I, I, people are the Brian Burns thoughts right now are just crazy to me um, because I think I've said that he's the Derwin James of edge rushers, right? I've said that like multiple times. So that tells you that I don't think he's a one dimensional player. I think you have to give him chances to win in a variety of ways. Number one, his bread and butter is going to be winning as an edge rusher. Like his, he has all the traits to be a very dynamic edge rusher in the NFL, but I think he can very much play in space. He wasn't asked to do that much at Florida State, but look at that athletic profile. Look at his on-field drills at the Combine. This is a player that you can play in space, and he's going to be just fine. He can do zone coverage. He could probably do some man coverage. I mean, obviously, I want him attacking, but I think one-dimensional is, is a lack of creativity and a lack of understanding of the different ways you can deploy Brian Burns and have a very – dynamic, multifaceted defender. So no, he's not one-dimensional pass rush specialist. I think that's a short-sighted take. Okay. There we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed this rousing round of takes on takes, and uh, make sure you guys keep the takes coming. We have one more before the 2019 draft, and then it's going to get real weird, Joe, because we're going to have the end results of the draft, and we're Mm -hmm. going to have a ton of takes on that. You know. (sighs) Yeah. The opinions are coming hot and heavy. So make sure you give us your takes for next week at Marino and at Grinding the Tape with the hashtag takes on takes or hashtag tattle takes. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going over defensive linemen and our personal rankings for the 2019 NFL Draft. Thanks, as always, for checking out the Draft Dudes podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.